Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Viewer asked if I was confident last hour in the Rough Riders roster, and I said no, and I'll make the proclamation now. There's no way the Riders will be in the Grey Cup with this roster. I'm waiting to see a rabbit pulled out of the hat. I haven't seen it yet. That's not to say they won't, but I right now don't, can't see them in the Grey Cup. And Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says the Riders are never front runners. Rod, the media has never in over 100 years ever called the Riders favorites to win the Grey Cup. That's okay with me. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It sure is. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome inside. Come on in. Come on in. Here on Game Plus Television and live streaming on YouTube and our sports radio listen live listeners at rodpeterson.com. It is what we call a Flame Tech Football Friday. And um, I'm going to need your help today. In a moment, I'm going to tell you why. We're going to bring in the other half of this famed duo, the Moose, Darren DuPont. We are the only daytime sports and entertainment program on your televisions right now across Canada and the United States. And uh, hey, Moose, what's going on? You ready to talk some ball today? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good, 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 good. The reason I say that I'm going to need some help is I got up really early today. I went out and had a very tough workout. It's my last Friday in Florida. I had some meetings this morning, and I I didn't even have my full list of... uh, Topics ready to go, or my sports on tap, sports list. And for, as I said to you, I'm looking forward to coming back because I'm doing a sports dinner Saturday night with Lanny McDonald and uh, Chris Walby in Assiniboia. Monday, we're back at Great Eagle. But man, I've just loved my time in Florida so much. This is like the last day of summer, and then it's, we're getting real as we cross the border coming back to Canada. So my mind's not totally in it. You understand that, right? So, Moose, <laughs> you may need to do more talking than normal if you're up for that. I get it. I get it, but it's Friday, you know, it's Friday. Everybody's yeah. got one foot in the door of the weekend, so uh, we'll be fine. That's the thing. I'm so ready for the weekend, but because it is a Flame Tech Football Friday, and I'm excited about what's going on in the CFL, and I have a very interesting NFL topic to get to as well on this Football Friday, but coming up in terms of guests, we've got the uh, co-general manager of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy, going to be joining us from Vancouver and the newest member of the Montreal Alouettes front office. 
Joey Alfieri. And I think I'm the only guy that's actually called him that, a member of the Alouette's front office, right? Long-time TSN Montreal radio guy. He's gone and joined the dark side, that is, team personnel with the Alouettes, and he's their digital media person because all the teams are hiring those guys now. So Joey's coming up in hour two. Can we hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? I said, I said that I had some football topics, and I'll get to those in a minute, but this is for the podcast. People tune in every day just to get all the sports items first, right, Moose, as you know? So, yep. Uh, at the Masters, South Korea's Sung J.M. leads Cameron Smith by one stroke after the opening round. Five under 67 at Augusta National. Tiger Woods shot a 71. He's tied for 10th. Corey Connors of Listowel, Ontario is the top Canadian in the field. He shot a 70, was tied for the seventh entering today. I see he's uh, three under, tied for fourth as we go through this morning. Where is Tiger? He's tied for ninth now. Oh, he still is. He hasn't teed off yet. Not till 1.41 uh, p.m. this afternoon. So that's as far as I'm willing to go on Masters Talk. Do you have any thoughts here before I move on to point two? No, nothing yet. I mean, we'll follow, obviously, the leaderboard and stuff throughout the day again. It's good to see Dustin Johnson playing well. It's going to be a fun day and see who gets to the weekend. Okay, moving on. Point two. Connor McDavid set a career high with his 42nd goal and became the seventh player in NHL history to record multiple point streaks of at least 15 games in a season. As the streaking Edmonton Oilers defeated the LA Kings 3-2 Thursday night, McDavid remained the league's top scorer with 109 points. He's also scored in a career-best six straight games, which is the longest run by an Edmonton player since Jimmy Carson had a goal in seven games in a row during the 88-89 season. The youngsters won't know, but the older people like me will. Jimmy Carson came over in the Gretzky trade from the Los Angeles Kings. He was key to the deal. But Jimmy Carson, not a household name, but he holds an order's record. How about that? Moving on in Raleigh, Sebastian, Sebastian Aho and Jordan Stahl each scored two goals, and the Carolina Hurricanes rallied from a pair of two-goal deficits to beat Buffalo 5-3 in Dallas. Austin Matthews has the most goals ever in a single season by the Leafs and also the most ever by an American-born player in an NHL season. Austin shot down two records last night in Dallas. He set the franchise record with his 55th goal. Then he scored his 56th in overtime to break the American record and give the Maple Leafs the 4-3 victory over Dallas. Somebody want to tell me who the last American was? Do you know? Because I don't. Moose, who had the American record for most goals in a season? No, I'm I sorry. I don't, I, I don't names, know. So, but Clark Clark saying maybe Pat La 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 Fontaine or Mike Medano. I'm not sure. I don't know. So I'm not trying to put anybody on the spot here. I just cut the story off there. So good for Austin Matthews, who, by the way, is a hell of a player. I got to give him his due. Uh, he does play a 200-foot game. If the Leafs don't do anything this season or at any point in his career in Toronto, it'll be a shame because Austin Matthews is a hell of a player. In New York, Frank the Tank Vetrano and Artemi Panarin scored in the second period. Igor Shesterkin stopped 30 shots for his fourth shutout of the season, and the Rangers beat Pittsburgh 4-0. We miss Frank the Tank Vetrano here in South Florida. Believe me, we do. But in New York, yeah, da, 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 da. Frank Vetrano just fits in in New York, doesn't he? Hello, I'm up here. Hi, eyes up here. You're looking it up, aren't Actually, you? you're down here. No, I'm looking at you. Who is it? 
Who was it? Did you look it um, up? I actually have that too. I have that as well. Jimmy Carson and Kevin Stevens. How about that? Whoa! None of us had it right. See what we're learning today? We're, it's, thank you. I said that we were going to need some help today. In Ottawa, Roman Yossi had three assists and Nashville erased a one-goal deficit in the third period as Nashville defeated the Sens 3-2. Kale Clegg had a goal and two assists. Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki each had a goal and an assist as part of a three-goal first period in Montreal beat New Jersey 7-4. In Columbus, Kevin Connaughton, Owen Tippett, and Noah Cates scored in Philadelphia's three-goal second period. Flyers beat Columbus 4-1. In Chicago, that toddle in town. Philip Grubauer made 29 saves for Seattle's second shutout and the expansion crack and blank the Blackhawks do nothing. And we round up our NHL tour in, in uh, Glendale, Arizona, where Bo Horvat and Alex Chason each had two goals and a helper as Vancouver continued a late playoff push with a 5-1 victory over the Coyotes. My next point would have been, Moose, the NHL top five and bottom five, but we're not doing it this week. I just feel like I don't have the energy. But what I will talk about here and the third point is potential playoff pairings. How about that? I feel like we're at that point in the calendar where we can do that. In the East Conference, if the playoffs started today, the Florida Panthers would meet the Washington Capitals. Your Toronto Maple Leafs would meet the Boston Bruins. The Carolina Hurricanes would face the Tampa Bay Lightning. How about that? New York Rangers would face the Penguins. And last night, the Rangers beat Pittsburgh 4-0. Out West. Some really good matchups. It would be Colorado-Dallas, Minnesota versus St. Lou. The Flames would face Nashville, and the Orders would face the LA Kings. And again, the Orders just beat them last night. I would suggest it's going to be fun to talk about this. Everybody's going to. But can we submit that you're going to be playing a great team in the first round, no matter what, if you are in the Stanley Cup playoffs this year? Yeah, 100%. I mean. Those matchups are like Stanley Cup finals matchups, I mean, or, or conference final matchups. I mean, that's unbelievable. And that's why it's the best time of the year. Oh, yeah. You know, they say the round one is the best, and it probably is. But I just think every round is so great. And I just think, pray to the baby hockey Jesus every day that the Flames and the Panthers will have very long playoff runs as this show broadcasts out of those two wonderful markets. But we'll see. Moving on to point four, two black coaches have joined Brian Flores in his lawsuit alleging racist hiring practices by the NFL toward coaches and general managers. The updated lawsuit filed in Manhattan Federal Court Thursday adds coaches Steve Wilkes and Ray Horton. Wilkes alleges he was discriminated against by the Arizona Cardinals in 2018. Horton claims he was subjected to discriminatory treatment when he interviewed for the Tennessee Titans head coach position in January 2016. I'm not interested in talking as much about that as the next point as it dovetails off the NFL. To these guys, I say good luck. Um, I have been, in my past, encouraged to sue teams over alleged wrongdoings, and I never did. I was told, well, do you want to be known as the guy who scorches the earth? And so I didn't do it. But that's just me, and it had nothing to do with racial discrimination at all. In these guys' case, I, I hope that they're successful because they're really putting their necks on the line. Maybe their career's on the line. Do you feel these guys are scorching the earth with these lawsuits? Brian Flores obviously isn't because he got hired by the Steelers 
by Mike Tomlin. But do you think that, like, where, where do you think these guys are at with these lawsuits and these two guys joining Florida? Yeah, I, I do a, a little bit because, you know, um, and now I'm a white business owner, right? So when I think about bringing somebody in, I'm like, oh, if I, if I interview this person, I can't not hire them now after they've been through this. So if I'm going to bring them in, I have to hire them. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm worried about this happening again, right? It'll look like discrimination. Now, here's where it's a great, but it is a good thing, you know, to, to stand up and make sure this is all changed. And I look back to Colin Kaepernick. He's not going to get signed by an NFL team. He's not going to get a look, even though he just had a pro day and threw the football at Michigan. Um, but his voice is going to be heard, and his career is over, but the next generation should have a better time because of him. So if you're cool with that, it's not going to help you get the position, but it's going to help the next person get the position, if that makes sense. Which is very noble, right? Very noble. very much. So... Uh, interesting that you bring that up. And here we go into a Flame Tech Football Friday because my next two topics are football-related, and this will probably carry us through most of hour one. I was listening to Miami Sports Talk Radio this morning. I just love 560 WQAM. And the host, Joe Rose, had a female analyst on. She's not regularly on. She was on the phone. I don't know her name, but she was great. That's why when you're hiring for this show, you said you're a white business owner. I just would ask you, Darren, to please hire the best person. I would hope that you don't get caught up in an inclusion, diversity movement, and hire somebody that's not qualified for the job. So far, we've done very well. You've done very well with your hirings. Thank you. And I just want the best people. You understand that, too. But that aside, listening to her today, they were talking on the radio. I, I think she was a Dolphins beat reporter for some blog, journal, newspaper, or something. I don't know. They were talking about the tanking thing, and what she had to say was very interesting because not only is Brian Flores fired as coach of the Dolphins after last season suing the NFL for racial discrimination, but he's also accused the owner, Stephen Ross, of the Dolphins of, of giving him incentives to tank during his three seasons with the Dolphins at the end of the year when they were out of it to lose games to get a better draft pick. And what the female reporter was, and I'm sorry that I can't remember her name, she said that the NFL's gone back and gone through all the Dolphins game film of those season-ending games the last three years to see questionable coaching decisions made by Flores to see if this is actually true. Did he, with his roster going in and game management, intentionally try to tank? Because if he did, it would back up his claim. If there was some evidence of it, wouldn't that be something? And wouldn't you like to be the guy or gal on the other end of that clicker going back and forth on the video trying to decide Okay, is he seriously trying to screw himself here, or was it just a stupid decision? Because, by the way, yeah. that happens too with play call. Did he and did he did he offer to slip a twenty dollar bill into the player's pants if he dropped that pass with the game on the line? Which, incidentally, does happen. Well, not the There's... to drop the pass, but I've known I've known coaches that have encouraged or let it be known slip a twenty in my pants, and this could happen for you. I well, I've heard of it. Yeah. I've heard of it. Right. I don't have proof. I know. But I've heard of it. And those stories so. come up. And it's not like he was sitting there throwing out the punt team from the 30-yard line when you should be kicking a field goal. You know, it's not going to be that obvious. But you're right. That's interesting for somebody going through looking at questionable decisions on how you manage the clock and different game scenarios. 
So you'd have to go back and start pinpointing all the games that they lost by a possession or really close games and, and then start to go back from the fourth quarter. And then you'd need other people to verify like, oh, this is what I would do in that situation. Other coaches. It's a big process. I'd love, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Oh, and that, by the way, is a fascinating topic. I mean, I didn't, I, you know, I've heard this about our show or my old radio show. People have told me that they've driven around the city for, you know, they got home but didn't want to turn the radio off, so they kept driving. Today, I was driving down Dixie Highway after my workout, and I didn't want to uh, end my drive listening to this conversation today. So the poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, which the Moose came up with today, is would you want your team to tank? I mean, as a matter of fact, um, how did the Moose word it here? Hang on. Looks like, looks like it's going off on Twitter too, Moose. Would you support your yeah. team tanking for a franchise player? On Twitter, 52% say yes, 48% no, and bear with me. I feel like we have a topic here that could last for a while. In the replies, Dawson writing us, he says, tanking has been far too risky since the introduction of the draft lottery. From Steve Johnson, he says, didn't work for the Buffalo Sabres. Ben says, if your organization has a repeated history of finding quality players anywhere in the draft, tanking should never be an option digestible for their fans. Craig in Calgary says, no, if you actively cheer for your team to lose, you're no fan of the team. Um, Carlos in Indianapolis says, tanking tells your current players that this prospect is better than you, so you're also probably not going to pick high in multiple drafts. Jeff, the Stamps fan, sarcastically says, I'm sure today's NFL player would jump at the chance for an extra $20. Well, Jeff, the Stams fan, I wasn't talking about the NFL. And if I may, it was the CFL that I was talking about. So there. What does that say? I'll stop. But let's well, it's a metaphor. To a minimum. It's, a, it's sarcasm know, it and a metaphor. $20. It was actually true. You know, that could, but it could be $1,000 or $100 or $10,000. It's, you know, it doesn't literally mean a 20 necessarily. Yeah. I'm not done with this, and I don't think our viewers are either. So we're just going to, I knew, I knew, I can smell a hot topic like a fart in the car. I knew they'd want to talk about this. So hang on. We'll be back with more. This is the warm-up. Neil McAvoy, the BC Lions, Joey Alferi, the Montreal Alouettes coming up. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at Rod Peterson. Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. We are back at it on a football Friday, and stay tuned for the sports update coming up. We've got news from the Western Hockey League. I haven't got it to it yet, but the Blue Jays open the season play ball against the texas rangers tonight there's just so much going on and it is a flame tech football friday flame tech industry leaders in combustion services it feels like i was just saying that yesterday moose it was one week ago on this flame tech football friday time flies so fast literally when you're having fun and when you're in south florida on the topic of tanking i know that you don't read the comments like i do here but like, I got it open. They're just going nuts, man. 
They're going nuts in the comment section here on this. I don't even know where to start. People writing in and saying, uh, gotta love Friday. Yes, of course you do. Farmer in Saskatchewan watching on YouTube says, I have a funny feeling that if teams are tanking in the NHL, you could see evidence of it next year with a certain Connor Bedard being draft eligible. Right, in 2023. Jeff Cabillas in Winnipeg, as much as I'd like future talent, tanking is not the way to go. Integrity of a franchise is worth more. Yes, I know. Uh, Ted in Red Deer, if your team is out of it and decides to play the young quarterback or goalie, is that tanking? Or how about a bunch of young players after unloading your vets at the trade deadline? Is that tanking? Yep. Um, BW in Edmonton, will the NHL see teams tanking to get CB98? Is the two levels of drafting foolproof? And another just Trenton Norway. I don't have my flag, but just pretend I do. Trenton Norway says, Norway here, if anyone decides to tank a team in any league and any sport, this is dishonest and dishonorable. It's a good thing some leagues have a draft lottery to prevent this. Stay well. That from Jeff. But I just remember the Jets a few years ago on the cusp of that. Remember when the NFL had the 2014 play-in tournament, which I loved? Why couldn't they keep yes. that? That was so great. The NBA ended up going to it. But anyways, I remember Jets fans saying, you know what, let's just tank it and get a higher draft pick and forget about the playoffs. And they ended up losing to the Flames in that five-game mini-series anyways. But people are, what are they saying? If you are cheering for your team to tank, then you're not a true fan. Well, I'll see that and I'll raise you. You are a true fan because you want your team to draft higher, right? So to yes. say whether you're a true fan or not doesn't really apply in this case. Well, you never want to watch your team. and you, like a, a fan could never watch your team and hope that they lose, okay? But I can, you know, not watch my team and hope they rack up some losses so that I can enjoy them a little bit more next year. And then it brings into question, you know, a lot of different things. You, you mentioned the, the play-in tournament where the 24 teams made the playoffs. I love that because it creates a little more um, excitement down the stretch. And then I would take the bottom teams and I would have a tournament of their own. And the winner gets the top pick in the draft. So of the bad, you know, six teams or eight teams or however many you decide to put in that tournament, the top team of the bad teams can win their way to the top draft pick. and. I think that would create a tremendous amount of excitement in the spring for those teams as well. I have to go back for those that just tuned in because there are many that haven't. The reason we're talking about this is I was just listening to Miami Sports Radio today, and, uh, man, they got some great topics on there. Incidentally, it's always about the NFL. And just so you know, it's April where there's nothing going on in the NFL, but they talked about the fact that the NFL is going back with a fine-tooth home and watching all former Dolphins games at the end of the last three seasons to see if it's true. The former coach who got fired here, Brian Flores, claiming that the owner encouraged him to tank games. And I think it was like $100,000 a lot. The owner vehemently denied it. And of course, we can always listen to these guys and trust them, right? The owners. That meant nothing to me when I heard that he vehemently denied these claims by Brian Flores. I mean, to be honest, I'm Kind of a Brian Flores fan. Just from what I know of guys that have played for him, they like him. There's a lot of people within the Dolphins organization that don't like him, but I don't. The people that I know like Brian Flores. And they say if he says that he's been racially discriminated against and if he was offered to, you know, cash payments to tank, they tend to believe him. And 
It's interesting, by the way. I'll, I'll go one step further because it is a flame tech football. When the Riders got nailed to the wall for playing, remember they would play all Americans for the first half and then double up the amount of Canadians in the second half. The whole idea was to get a big enough lead. Remember that? And they got fined for that? Yeah. I can't remember how much it was. You and I, were we friends? We knew each other, but we weren't where we are now in terms of right. uh, business partners and stuff. But I just, I remember my phone was ringing off the hook from American football people who incidentally are all watching today. And you know some of them. When I get into my yeah. imitation, you'll know exactly who, that, who it was. They're like, Rod, if somebody's going to do this, they really want to nail Joan. Because you got to sit down with a pen and paper and go through every play with every number. I'm like, yep, they do. And they really wanted to nail Joan. And the thing is, the, the CFL is not the National Football League. Somebody probably from another team would have sat down with a pen and paper, charted everything, and said, here you go, CFL. The NFL has enough. They probably got about five interns on this doing, wouldn't you say, right now? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a little different. They, yeah. But you they, can do Here's it. the spreadsheet. Here's the spreadsheet. You need to chart all these plays. Report back to me. Yes. So, and again, that this is a hot-button topic. So much so that the results were like 50-50. Would you support your team tanking? And incidentally, I said no. I'll sprinkle in something here because it's worth mentioning. Jennifer from the Four Seasons writes and he says, Jay's home opener, loving that baseball is back. Up we are too. Then that's Clark. He's on the bit. But I'll say it again. I'm sitting in a Major League Baseball market and I haven't heard one word. Not one. Nowhere about the Marlins all week long. Now, incidentally, WQAM is not the radio rights holder of the Marlins, but hello, they, <laughs> it's Major League Baseball. So, yeah, it's opening day for the Blue Jays, and I get that it's big, but I'd rather talk about this, and it's my show. Ryan H. on YouTube writes in and says, uh, tanking isn't quite cheating, but it's along the same lines. I'd rather watch my team play hard but lose than tank deliberately. But that's the point. Is it that clear that they're tanking it or not? Like the guy said earlier, if you play the backup goalie, if you put in the backup quarterback, I mean, it's not that overly evident. I don't... When these claims came out about the tanking, the football people said to me, very tough to prove. It didn't mean that they weren't going to look into it, and that's what I'm told they're doing. Is they're going back and looking at the ends of games to see if there's in any way that they can find. But stupid coaching decisions aren't rare either. I'd hate to see Brian Flores get nailed to the wall just because he made a stupid decision in a game and people think that he was deliberately tanking. But the other thing, what about this? Near the end of the season, for not necessarily just teams that are tanking, any teams that in the NHL call up their AHL players or in the CFL, their practice roster guys to give them a look. That's where it becomes very hard to see whether you're tanking or not. And as a ticket-buying public, that's the big one, which I think you were getting at earlier. If you're paying top dollar for ticket, you want to see the top players. And I understand that this is completely, in a way, apples and oranges, but there's been a lot of viewers write in about the Western Hockey League. I remember in 2001, sorry to say, it's a long time ago, you were still in high school, Moose. 
Lauren Mulliken called up a bunch of scrubs to play at the last game in Moose Jaw. Now, we weren't tanking or anything, but the game meant nothing. And his nephew, Dustin Mulliken, will laugh when I call him a scrub. But Dustin was one of those guys that got called up for the Pack Canadians. And there was this huge outcry amongst both Pats and Warriors fans that they weren't playing their top guys. Shoot, we had Barrett Jackman and Garth Murray and Blake Evans and Paul Elliott and all these studs. Like, we paid to watch these guys. So it's, this is not rare. And I just wonder if you can, if there's ever going to be a resolution to this or an answer. Yeah, I don't know if there will be. You know, when you talk about bringing up young players, because you, you got to see what you have, give them an opportunity to play at the professional level. And, you know, we've seen proof, especially in hockey and football, but we've seen proof at how valuable it is to bottom out. You know, Edmonton, look at all the players and the key guys they have now. They, they bottomed out and it didn't work. But with Nuge and with Connor and with Leon, right, all through the draft, you look at those great Penguins teams, and I know they got Crosby through the lottery, but Crosby and Malkin and Marc-Andre Fleury, all high draft picks, and they went on to win. Tampa, you know, got Stamkos as a high draft pick and Braden Point and Kutrup. You have to kind of go down to get yourself back up. Look at Chicago with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And, you know, Golden it all happens State through Warriors. the draft. Exactly. So there is, there's benefit. It's not like, you know, we know we miss on draft picks and people say, well, tanking doesn't guarantee anything. But traditionally, teams that are good for long periods of time had bottomed out just before that. Yes. And that's why I love the discussion. This is a great sports discussion. And this is why I think people love this show so much because it's real and you don't get it anywhere else. But I remember the owner of the Golden State Warriors, and I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but I remember 12, 15 years ago, whoever the owner is of the Warriors, Golden State Warriors, was at center court in the old Oracle Arena on the microphone apologizing to the fans for how bad the Golden State Warriors were. And I remember them getting pelted with garbage. Ah, you suck! Ah! Right? And then they ended up drafting Draymond Green and Steph Curry. They got the high picks. And all of a sudden, they're winning championships of the number one jersey seller in the NBA. It's because they drafted so high. It's exactly what you're just saying. So while tanking won't necessarily... uh, Like the NFL, you would think they would have a draft lottery. You would think they would, really. And I have no idea why they don't. I mean, you literally can't sit here and talk about it for the CFL because... That draft is such a crapshoot. It's interesting enough to cover, obviously, but when you don't even know, you can't take the best Canadian player available. You can't, because he's probably going to be in the NFL. That, they would, you would never have this conversation in the CFL. Never. No. Would you? No, because the draft just doesn't have as much importance. You know, when you're looking at the National Hockey League, you're drafting Sidney Crosby. Alexander Ovechkin, Steven Stamkos. When you're in the NFL, you're drafting Patrick Mahomes or you're drafting a franchise-altering player. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. You know, and in the CFL, these offensive linemen typically that go high in the draft, you draft some impact players, no doubt. But they don't alter the franchise in the same way that it does. You're not going to ever see a franchise quarterback drafted in the Canadian Football League draft. No, and... To end this, although we may bring it up later, and I think it will come up later, but Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says it's hard to prove in either hockey or football. That's why I hope leagues don't spend too much time on it. 
The footnote on all of this, from what I heard this morning from the female reporter on WQAM, so far there's been no evidence that the Dolphins tank. So what does that well, say about Brian Flores' claims? You're right. And, and it's not like this came up during the season. I didn't hear a single analyst be like, wait a second, are they tanking? Something doesn't look right with no. the Miami Dolphins. I haven't seen that. I've so, heard that in the last few years. So it, ha- it ain't over, bud. It ain't over. I'll see you back here in an hour or two. Sounds good. Co-general manager of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy, joins us next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Promotional consideration for the RP Show brought to you by, in part, Tough Tribe for Men. It contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants, traditionally known for its scalp and hair benefits. We are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men, available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com and Amazon Canada. I do not have any pomade in my lid today because I'm waiting to get back to Canada and get my shipment of Tough Tribe for Men up there. The pomade I was using here in Florida smelled a little like glue. And uh, yeah, it's not Tough Tribe. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, I'll probably get to the sports update next segment because we really hit on something here today, and that is the tanking discussion in the NFL. You know, and, and we're waiting on Neil McAvoy, the co-GM of the BC Lions, to join us. Some connection issues there, from what I understand. Uh, the Miami Dolphins being investigated by the NFL for the claims by their fired coach, Brian Flores, that the owner was offering him cash incentives to tank games at the end of the last three seasons. And so far, from what I heard this morning, there's been no evidence that the Dolphins did try to tank games. So now you've got to go and see, did the owner try to get him to do it, but he didn't do it? Or is this completely fabricated? But Mark Zosol, he's watching in Melford. He says, just because you are bad and or tank does not mean anything if you don't draft well, i.e. nail Yakupov. No, but it does give you a better chance with a higher pick. You just hope you don't screw up that pick. My cousin Christine in Medicine Hat, she says, tanking is not cool in my book, but I'm sure it's done more than we know. And by the way, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to get a hold of Neil McAvoy here. I certainly hope that we do. But the BC Lions current roster has been constructed in a lot of ways through the CFL draft. Their number one overall pick a couple of years ago, Jordan Williams out of East Carolina, ended up being rookie of the year. Their starting quarterback this year, Nathan Rourke, went in the second round. I believe he was the first pick of the second round that same year. So, Neil, thanks for your patience in joining us. And just what we're talking about is the claims by the Dolphins, Brian Flores, their former coach of tanking. Safe to say, we never hear the tanking discussion in the CFL. At least I haven't. Have you in all your years in the league? No. I mean, um, tanking's not something... 
in the Canadian Football League, you got to play and, and play now and, and win and win now. So um, it's not there is no advantage to tanking. There is no you know so called Wayne Gretzky in the uh, draft that you can uh, wait for and, and uh, build a team off of. That's just the way the Canadian Football League is. So tanking is not something that uh, teams are are going to do or have the ability to do. Of course, no. But the thing is that that's I brought it up because they're talking about it here in Miami, and so far there's been no evidence that the Dolphins did tank over the last three years with Flores in charge. But with you guys, your draft, I don't know if you heard what I said before you brought on, Jordan Williams and Nathan Rourke, your last two top picks from a couple of years ago is the middle of your team, quarterback and linebackers. So you guys could be pretty proud with what you've done the last few years in the draft. Yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, those two individuals, especially uh, our middle linebacker, has really stepped up and, uh, you know, what um, turned out to be not only a good football player on the field, but actually off as well. Like, just a leader of men, which at the end of the day in professional football, you need to have some alpha males leading your team. And uh, right now, Jordan is is that guy at the middle linebacker spot. He's, uh, he's an excitable young man that makes a lot of tackles, and uh, we're excited to have him. Um, on the other is that, realm, the uh, yeah. off- offensive guy with Nathan, um, yeah, excited about that. You know, we when we first picked him, I mean, the reality is is that uh, he is a Canadian, but at the end of the day, he's just a good football player and a good quarterback. So uh, we're excited to uh, see uh, what expectations he has, and we have high expectations for him. He has high expectations for himself, and so uh, we're going to hit the ground running with um, you know so far him at the realm. Well, I tell you what, we've had both those young men on this show and i respect them both immensely as as you just said as football players but as individuals so yeah i know how important the cfl draft is which speaking of how are the plans for the lions this year how many picks you guys got what are you what are you looking at this year for bc yeah good question i mean we're right in the middle of uh, trying to figure out the draft we pick third 12 and then from there on you know um things go as they go um but we're gonna you know we're gonna get two of the top 12 picks in the 2022 cfl draft and uh, we believe that um of those two picks they will be able to come in and help us uh, day one that our expectations are pick a couple guys that will be able to come in and complement our current team. We have a young football team, but we also have a young team that guys are coming into their second year that are still young. So um, it's time to uh, you know continue building and uh, bringing in young talent to uh, compete with the group we already have. Actually, now that you say that, I recall that you're picking third because I saw the, the comment or the quote where somebody said at number three they should take Trey Ford because they're going Canadian at quarterback anyways. I'm not going to ask you what you're doing. But what are your thoughts on this young man out of Waterloo, Trey Ford? You saw him up close and personal, obviously. Yeah, you know what? It's a testament to youth sport. It's a testament to uh, young football players in the country of Canada that, you know, um, those two young men and a couple other guys from Waterloo, him and his brother went to the University of Buffalo Pro Day, and the two guys that no one expected anything from were the two guys that were the highlights of the Pro Day. So, you know, even... When Trey, when I spoke to him directly and just asked him what his, you know, experience was going to Buffalo, and he said he was nervous going down because it's, you know, it's the NCAA, it's it's America, it's the you know, the big, you know, the big United States, and um, he was excited when the fact that he got there and was actually one of the best players at the at the workout, and that that's a testament to Waterloo, that's a testament to U Sport, and that's a testament to uh, all, you know all young football players in the country of Canada to, um, you know, work hard, get better, and uh, compete. And that's 
that's what the sport's all about and excitable to see you know young men compete at the top level well and to be honest neil that's my next thing you've been in this game a real long time can you please tell me about the state of canadian talent i mean chase claypool in your own backyard they say there's more canadians than ever playing ncaa where you know there's more than ever in the nfl is it a fact that across the board it's higher than ever? And how has that impacted the CFL draft in terms of you don't know where these kids are going to end up when you're drafting them? Yeah, you know what? I, as, a, as a Canadian and a you know, guy who's worked and, and played in, in amateur football in Canada, uh, I'm excited and happy for the young men that are finally getting opportunities to play at the top level. Now, as an executive in the Canadian Football League, um, it, you know, you're, you're a little bit, uh, the word's not nervous, but the fact is that the United States and the NCAA and the NFL are, are finally looking at athletes in Canada. Um, you know, that's, again, it's not worrisome. It's just the reality. It's the realities that we have to live with that, you know, um, we are the Canadian Football League. We give young men an opportunity to play at the professional level. And we've always had to compete with the National Football League for talent. And uh, we're just going to have to compete even more. And uh, that's just, you know, that's the way things are, which is great for the young men playing. But uh, you know what? Just uh, we're going to have to uh, put our boots to the ground and just find more raw talent to uh, develop and uh, compete. I got to ask you how much, how nice it was to have a normal combine, to be able to interview the players face-to-face, see them face-to-face compared to what you've had to do the last two years. Uh, I can't tell you how refreshing it was and just refreshing, you know, from being the last two, three years um, working in the boardroom and and doing all the business parts of professional football, going there and refreshingly seeing just these young men excited about talking to you, excited about getting into the Canadian Football League. There was no, you know, negativity at all. It was all positive and all happy and all smiles. And you know what, it, it's, it's refreshing to start that part. And this is an exciting time of the year because all these guys are excited and will get the opportunities to come in. And then, you know, once they get into camps, uh, the realities of professional football take over. But until that time, we're going to uh, just be happy and start to grind, put our nose to the grindstone and uh, find some young talent to uh, become BC Lions for 2022. As I figured this would go far too fast. We only have a minute, Neil, but I'm wondering how much you're enjoying the analysis of people looking at your Canadian quarterback combo saying what a gamble it is. And I believe it is a gamble. How are you excited to, uh, how excited are you to hopefully prove people wrong this year with the BC Lions? Yeah, I mean, we are going to prove people wrong. The reality is Nathan is a quarterback. He went to an American school. He went to high school. I mean, it's not like, you know, he, he, by, by his birth rate, he's Canadian. But at the end of the day, he's, like any other quarterback we brought in. And if he didn't have the ability or the talent, he wouldn't be in the position he's in now. If Nathan was born in you know, New York, not Toronto, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. We'd just be excited about the BC Lions have a great young quarterback. But because he's Canadian, people uh, you know, put a little bit of an asterisk beside his name. So I'm excited to see how he performs. He's shown us that he can perform. He's done all the right things professionally on and off the field. So... We have high expectations of him. He has high expectations of himself, and uh, we're excited about competing in 2022 and uh, you know showing these people that uh, we are going to be a good football team. Well, I expect it to work out just the way that you plan, and as you can see, we're following it very closely. I hope to get out there for a game this year. So, Neil, always good seeing you and chatting ball with you, my man. Yep. Have a great weekend. Yep, you too, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
The uh, co-general manager of the BC Lions, Neil McAvoy. We've got Taco Time viewer takeover coming up next. Stick around. We'll be right back on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at Rod Peterson. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. All right, everybody, it is a Taco Time viewer takeover time, but I think I'm going to jump into a sports update here, and I apologize. I have to apologize to the BC Lions. I understand that Neil McAvoy had a story about a Florida Panthers game with Wally Buono, and ah, I'm sorry, guys. Can we get Neil on a future episode to tell the story? We went overtime as it was with football questions. Dagnabbit. Anyways, i got to get into a sports update here. Been an hour of lollygagging, and it's gone by so fast, which I knew that it would. The Western Hockey League announced Thursday the results of the 2022 WHL Prospects Draft Lottery will be broadcast in a free WHL live event on Thursday, April 21st. The show will also include the unveiling of WHL Divisional Award winners and All-Star teams for this season. The draft lottery will involve the six non-playoff clubs from this season. Isn't it interesting that we're talking about this today on the on the day of the tanking discussion? And and listen, this is a big deal. Look what happened for the Regina Pats since they drafted Connor Bedard. The 2022 divisional award winners and all-star teams are selected by WHL general managers. Each divisional award winner will be uh, finalist for the 2022 WHL awards, which will be broadcast on WHL Live Wednesday, June 1st. I would assume there's a banquet attached to that as, all, as well. I did not um, include that in my sports update. But that's what's going on. Go to whl.ca for the news on that for more info. Play ball! The Toronto Blue Jays open their Major League campaign at Rogers Center tonight against the Texas Rangers. The Jays enter the MLB season with a lot of promise after missing the playoffs last year by just one game. Jays have not had a home opener in Toronto since 2019. If you can believe, Jose Barrio gets the start for Toronto today. Winnipeg Jets are the lone Canadian NHL team in action tonight. Winnipeg hosts the league-leading Colorado Avalanche as they try to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. Jets eight points out of a wildcard spot. They've lost three in a row. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. By the way, we will be playing next hour our Bet Regal. Game of the weekend contest. So I want you to look at the schedule for tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, whatever, and tell us who you think is your featured game and then who you think will win it. Some are already voting for the Masters, but you got to tell us who wins it to be eligible for the prize package from Bet Regal. Canada's Brad Gushu enters play today with a chance to lock up the first seed at the World Men's Curling Championship in Las Vegas. His St. John's based team will face Scotland and Denmark in Vegas. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games for the Tab Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. The Moose next hour and Joey Alfieri from the Alouettes. Stick around. We'll be right back after this timeout. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. 
For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com.